Oh, no, I'm not going to Are we live? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Abort. Abort. Aaron Whitlow from the Mark Out Movie Podcast, and I am joined by Craig Williams. Um, Hi. Hey, Craig and Probably I. Probably um, Kill Screen Cinema <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, of Kill Screen. Yeah, let's represent Kill Screen. And also, uh, if you go to YouTube, Bagged and Bored uh, series, excellent series. Check it out. Yeah. What season are y'all on now? So we're still we're still finishing up season two. We have two episodes out right now of season two, uh, and we're trying to get three done. But COVID kind of screwed us up, and um, other unforeseen life developments for people. <laughs> so the election of twenty twenty, perhaps. <clears throat> that, no. Not not so much. Not so much that as like people having kids or losing their jobs or whatever crazy. <laughs> life stuff that happens and like so we're we're trying to get it done we, you know we're getting there but um yeah it kind of we had such plans it will be done though eventually and so season one is on youtube and episode one and two of season two is on youtube and it's a really good fun show that i feel like um a lot of people say it looks like something that should be on tv which i take as a Great compliment because I think you know when, when someone when someone tells you I had I, I I made a web series it's locally made I know me personally I I automatically assume it's crap <laughs> <laughs> I automatically just think oh that's nice good for you but in we it's just like oh yeah, ew, yeah. good luck with that yeah yeah pat them on the head exactly but then when people nice. ever then when people actually watch it, though, I think they're absolutely shocked at how good it is. They're just like, oh, this is a real show. Like, this could be on Netflix or something, you know. Yeah. I, um, I'm blown away by uh, everything that Pixel Brain does. Um, and um, and Matt Gaither and the whole crew, you know, you all you all very, very talented blokes up there in well, Louisville. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I try to pull out some of my Abor not Aboriginal uh, ancestry, but uh, some English, I guess, is a little bit in there. <laughs> good, good represent. I'm going to represent, even though we know how I got there, but we ain't going to, you know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not British? <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> this whole time I've known you. Uh, but yeah, in today's episode, we are going to be discussing none other than Die Hard. Let's go ahead and play the trailer. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be told a lesson in the real of power. They're as brilliant because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. And I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants think, David, think. is to be a hero. Where's Holly? Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? <laughs> John. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. He's inside? Who is he? Who are you then? You are most troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, wrong guess, huh? Would you like to go for double jeopardy? Do really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee guy, mother. Destroyed a building. And I am in charge of this situation. Well, I got some bad news for you. From up here, that looks like you're in charge of Jack. He is alone, he is tired, and he hasn't seen Disney Squad from anybody down here. Hey, pal, how you feeling? The whole thing's being equal. I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I want blood. And you have it. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. 
He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? No, it's not in theaters soon. But, hey, those are some well... I have a dog behind me now. Uh, oh. <laughs> those were some well-placed explosions to cover up the profanity. So Yeah, I was uh, just, just thinking that. <laughs> you know, uh, hey, just conveniently, I guess. They're like, hurry up, explode something. Uh, no, but uh, it was uh, Die Hard, 1988. Uh, that movie came out, obviously, in 1988, starring Bruce Willis, uh, Rick uh, Rick. A Rick, um, Alan Rickman, Alan Reichman, um, and then Reginald Val Johnson. I'm just gonna really name them. Yeah. And uh, let's see, right now the numbers. Uh, it has 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 72% on Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 94%, and 91% of Google users like this movie, Craig. Oh, so. that's uh, one of the few times I agree with the audience score. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, so first of all, let me ask you this. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, God. You know, there was a time I would say yes, but I'm so sick of people saying that that I want to, I almost want to be contrarian now because it's so annoying to me when people are like, uh, Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, fine, whatever. I mean, um, it's definitely, here's the thing it's set. In Christmas, I'm going to make this argument. It's not a Christmas movie because even though it is set on Christmas, there are no Christmas elements to it. He doesn't kill someone with a candy cane or, you know, dress up as Santa Claus or, uh, you know, do anything really like strangle someone with a thing of tinsel. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Do I, keep seeing, I keep seeing Santa slay <laughs> whenever you <laughs> this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, like, it's barely, it's barely, like, the Christmas parts of it are barely present in the movie at all. So, it's it's cute to say it's a Christmas movie, but no, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, I have been in the camp of saying it's a Christmas movie. I feel there's <laughs> enough elements, um, like, there to kind of dub it as such as far as, like, uh, essentially, you got this, this big, bad Grinch of a character in uh, Hans Gruber. This one mm. was still Christmas joy, but in this sense, it is like a lot of money. Uh, and yeah. um, and uh, you have uh, the one um, who from Whoville that wants to stop it and change things around. Except for in this case, the Grinch doesn't get a heart that grows bigger. He just gets thrown off the top of a building. But yeah, you know. But no, uh, but no. Ultimately, regardless if it's a Christmas movie or not, it's an excellent movie nonetheless. So sure, yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, so this movie starts with uh, Bruce, uh, and he's get he's on the plane. Uh, I forget the guy he's talking to. Who nobody cares. Uh, the guy is very noticeable, by the way. But uh, um, I noticed something watching this the second, not the second time around, maybe the thousandth time around. I noticed that um, the eye that the stewardess gives Bruce, um, she gives him a look, look like, hey, you know, if you ain't going nowhere this it's Christmas, you know, you should come hang out with me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't know where that's going to go. It would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. It, yeah. I um, just imagine Die Hard where, like, he ends up hooking up with this, this stewardess instead, and then Hans Gruber just gets away with it. <laughs> and that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Or uh yeah, yeah, like uh where where in this movie, this version of Die Hard, Bruce doesn't uh you know, uh McLean doesn't show up at Nakatomi, uh, but instead he goes and hooks up with the stewardess and uh he sees on the news that <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza is like under a terrorist uh hostage crisis and he's like, yeah. Oh man, I should have been there. He's like, Oh, oh well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. This is better. We're I made the right we're, choice. Come back to bed, honey. It's cold out here. You're yeah. right. And pulls him and like, another drink. And she's and she's just massaging his feet. 
<laughs> it's almost like everything is better because he decided to do that. Yeah, and and, and Hans gets wrecked away, and nobody really gets hurt except for uh, except for uh, Tamagotchi or whatever the guy's name is. I forget his name. The one guy that they mm-hmm. end up ultimately killing. Um, well, yeah. spoilers by the way, if you haven't seen Die Hard, people right. die. Oh <laughs> die great! <Hard. laughs> <clears throat> it would it would be not called Die Hard if that's not the case. But um, but yeah, so he goes to this Christmas party, uh, ultimately uh, to essentially rekindle his relationship with his wife Holly, uh, and um, and ends up, you know, in the midst of a hostage situation. Um, under the guise of a hostage situation, it's more of a robbery. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that Hans Gruber. Is by one by far one of my favorite villains in in cinematic history. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's definitely one of the best villains. Like he, um, I think he's your, he, I think he's basically your prototypical arch European, you know, uh, sophisticated villain. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess the, I guess you could make an argument that the, that the James Bond villains are that as well. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Hans Gruber. I feel like Alan Rickman really just sort of like um, made a different impact. I think he made as much of an impact on on what a villain could be in an action movie as Bruce Willis made an impact on what a hero could be in a in an action movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes so yeah. much sense. Actually, it's that's a good way of looking at it. Like, um, essentially, both of those characters uh, changed the very definition of what. Uh, a protagonist and an antagonist is in a action movie because um, before then, as you know, we had the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers and the Norrises, and maybe I even throw in the Bronsons. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, not even, maybe not so much the Bronsons. He hasn't really hit that little moment uh, at that point. He yes, with that yes, he already made um, Death Wish, but he wasn't really, you know, gearing up in that level. But I well, think that Bruce mm-hmm. changed it and made it like. Is okay to have a comedic uh, type of, you know, villain. So like, well, not villain, but a hero. If I want to just jump in real quick about Bronson, I feel like Bronson is one of those armchair action heroes where it's like he he. If you watch Death Wish, he actually really doesn't do anything like actiony. Like he just kind of like shoots people. He just shoots people and then like says some sort of quip, but like it's not like he gets into a shootout and has to like do it, do half of the stuff that Bruce Willis's character, like that John McClane has to do. And then that's that's kind of how it is with all the all those Death Wish movies. He he doesn't really he just kind of strolls through the situation and shoots people and then just kind of like you know makes a smart at smart aleck remark about it and then that's that. You know, I feel like that's kind of always been John Charles Bronson's thing. He's not really a uh, action. He doesn't get through, put through the ringer that much, like an action hero. You would expect an action hero to. He's, he's the, he's the Steven Seagal of, um, <laughs> of elderly action heroes. In the yeah, sense that I think- Steven never in all his movies, he never gets hit. He never yeah. really goes through anything. He just, mm-hmm. he's just there. I get the impression that Steven Seagal's like he's one of he's like one of those when it comes to like picking scripts for action movies, he's kind of like how uh, a fat guy, me being a fat guy, speaking for all fat guys, uh, will will choose their walking destination based on what's downhill. (laughs) Like, oh, I don't want to go that way. I have to go uphill and up some stairs. Uh, Let's go. Oh, let's cut through here the longer way. (laughs) <laughs> that's more of an incline <laughs> yeah that, a, a, absolutely yeah he's like oh oh this script oh this is a nice script but oh, wait 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 you actually got to run in this script <laughs> yeah hard pass yeah. hard pass i'm just gonna saunter if that's okay <laughs> Do you mind? Yeah, I'm just saunter. but the, the <laughs> house is on fire I think it'll be cooler if I saunter out of the burning house. <laughs> that is totally, uh, that is totally Stephen. Uh, but yep. yeah, obviously, and also um, in looking at researching this, looking at uh, the movies that made us, um, this movie was initially uh, going to be a vehicle for 
very elderly Frank Sinatra. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, because Frank, uh, the movie, uh, the precursor to this movie is called The Detective. And it came out like in 1960-something, uh, something like that. Uh, when uh, There was a fairly, not younger Frank, but a middle-aged Frank Sinatra that could still kind of go. But uh, by the time this movie was getting into works, they asked Frank, and Frank is like, "Dude, I'm like 90, and yeah. now I'm good, and I'm rich, so don't don't. Yeah. I'm all right." And so they passed it on. And they and they uh, contacted East uh, Clint Eastwood. They contacted uh, a little bit of everyone. Uh, Sloan Schwarzenegger. Everyone said no um, to this movie, and uh, and they reluctantly was like. All right, well, let's try this Bruce Willis guy. Yeah, there's a moonlight. Let's try this guy. You know. Yeah, which is you know it's funny because you know of course looking in retro in retrospect it's easy to easy to say like of course you should try Bruce Willis you know but like I I actually still remember as being even when I was a kid I still remember uh, when he was a TV star. And so how weird it felt to see him in a movie. Like I remember like, cause uh, I remember when my, when my dad like rented Die Hard and Bruce Willis was like running around shooting at people. And I'm like, I'm like that guy. Like it would be like seeing like bull from night court, you know, or, <laughs> you know, it'd be like seeing like some more Matlock or something like that. Like Andy Griffin just running around shooting people. That, that, cause in your, cause back then, a lot of people don't realize it because because TV is better than movies nowadays. But like back then, when you were a TV star, you were like that was like the lower echelon. You were sort of like you were like the TV star was down here and movie stars were up here. You know what I mean? And like these yeah. people don't go here. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right about it. You can actually see that type of dy- dynamic in um in uh what's that last uh, Tarantino film? Um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, you kind of see that dynamic in 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 uh, DiCaprio's character as he was a he was a big time not only TV star, uh, but I assume he did movies too. But he was a big time star at one point. But now he is at the point where his career was that is bringing him in just to be this random villain or random, you know. And so, but he but it's hard like he's peaked and people yeah. there was in this in the silver screen didn't really translate over to the big screen. Like, yeah, yeah. like you said, there's a, there's a void that they couldn't pass to, pass between. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right about that. I do remember, um, uh, moonlighting and him doing this. I, I when you said bull, that's hilarious because I remember night court, but, uh, but I kind of think about it is my experience in watching this would been like seeing Pee Wee Herman, uh, yeah. in a horror film. You know, like you're like you know you're like, hey, what's what? Like, all right, uh, no, kind of wasn't a horror film. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a real life, uh, real life, uh, you know, example of this. So, three men and a little baby. I I was as a kid, I was aware of Ted Danson from uh, Cheers. Yeah. So seeing him in Three Men and a Little Baby, I was like, hey, that's that's the dude from Cheers, you know. And I yeah. didn't really, I didn't process it that. This is not Cheers, yeah. <laughs> you know. This is not this is not Sam from Cheers, uh, babysitting the kid. You know, yeah, this is yeah. a totally different character right now. And I, so yeah, so in, in watching um, Die Hard as a kid, it was like I was like, I forget his name on Moonlight, but I was like, that's the guy from Moonlight. Like, what's he doing? What's he doing? What uh, you know? Like, yeah. I so I, I like, agree with that. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like. Um... It's almost like, you know, uh, uh, I used to, there was a movie I used to watch all the time as a kid on HBO during the day. It was one of those movies that I always call like uh, sick day movies because like when I'm home sick from school, this movie, this is one of the movies that always seem to be on. It's called Second Sight and it stars uh, Balky from, yeah, and John Larroquette. So it's like two famous sitcom actors in this B movie. It was pretty much a B movie. I love about, it. It's a uh, Balky plays like a psychic and his powers only work. If you give him like uh candy, some certain candy like makes his powers work. 
And like John Larroquette is sort of his handler or whatever. Like they, they, he was the one that was always like getting them gigs. And uh, I love that movie. But at the same time, the only reason I watched it was because it's Balky. <laughs> and that's all I saw was Balky. <laughs> Matter of fact, every time I see that guy, all I see is Balky. I don't care what it is. I think he's at one time a writer on SNL. And I was like, hey, that's Balky. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just seen like a, a quick picture. And I seen him and I recognized him like it's Balky. He's a writer. Okay, yeah. cool. You know, but no, no. Google said, so, you know, let me pull Balky for you. <laughs> Did you name your Google Balky? <laughs> thought about it. I thought hey, about it back. But uh, but yeah, so just uh just this movie is a perfect uh perfect pile of ingredients that's just put into a pot to create like like, what's the chance of John McClane in L.A., a New York officer, a New York detective in L.A., uh, there, at this one building in the, during the yeah. time that, uh, you know, that there's a hostage slash robbery happening? And yeah. um, and uh, let me ask you this. Do you, feel, do you feel like it would have been a totally different movie if this guy would have found shoes early on? <laughs> you know, um yeah, I mean, because like I think I think that here's the thing I think that's missing from a lot of action movies now is like I think action movies work best when the hero is vulnerable and he's not he you know he's beatable. You know what I mean? Like you like you, you gotta the only way you can uh really be invested in them. I mean, you know they're gonna win, but at the same time, like you kinda wanna see them deserve it i guess or earn it and like um it's kind of like with indiana jones like how um in those indiana jones movies he gets beat up all the time like he doesn't just win effortlessly you know what i mean he has to actually struggle to to win and he gets his he gets his ass handed to him sometimes and then he then he has to use his brains to think of a way to sort of like you know cheat to win or you know do something to win you know, it's it's kind of like when he shoots the sword guy. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, and and that only works. That only works though because we don't see him using that gun all the time. You know what I mean? If he was using that gun all the time, that it wouldn't be as funny. I don't think. I think it's funny that he just pulled out the gun that one time. <laughs> yeah, it was just like really I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing a sword fight. <laughs> Absolutely. That's actually pretty funny. Um and uh and the thing about John McClain is that he is such a um everyday type of guy. You know, at yeah. the very beginning you see that he gets into the limo in the front of the limo with Argyle. Uh and uh, -huh. uh he's uh talking to him. I love the fact that they play Red DMC and he's like He's like, do you have any Christmas music? He says, what are you talking about, man? This is Christmas music. And he cranks it up. But uh, it's like, at the time when I was a kid, I was like, what is this? This is a Christmas music. <laughs> but, uh. you know, uh, but yeah, now uh, it is. Run DMC. But, uh, but yeah, I love the fact that he's such a everyday type of guy. And I love, in watching this again, I love the his whole dialogue, his, his, uh, his self uh, monologue that he has to himself, like when he's like, uh, what, uh, John, what are you doing here, man? You, you, you know, you know, you, you're up the wall, man. What's, what's going on, man? It's crazy. You're gonna yeah. die doing this, you know. You know, like this, like he's having this internal monologue, like, uh, dude, what the hell are you doing here, man? And you know what? That's what anyone would do. I think, like, I, I think uh, most of us would would be like that if we were in a situation like that. And uh, <laughs> like, I think he. Um, I think that's something I was when I saw it, when I was watching that trailer, it made me think about how he one of the reasons also, I think that Bruce Willis and John McClane, like Bruce Willis as an action hero and John McClane as a character made such a cultural impact is because we never I don't think up to that point we've ever really seen an action hero who was funny. I think like, you know, you had your Arnold Schwarzenegger's to make a quip every now and then or whatever. But for the most part. Arnold's movies were pretty much played seriously, you know. Uh, so were so was Sylvester Sloan and Clint Eastwood. Like no one, none of these guys who were big action stars were really known for being funny in their movies. Um, 
And I think that was something that might have been refreshing to audiences when they watched Die Hard is like when they watch an action movie, they, they probably don't expect to laugh so much at, at, at a at a hero making little jokes like when he was, uh, you, know, you know, like in the trailer when he was just like uh, calling for help. And they're like, sir, this is a serious line. And he's like, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. And he and he does and he sells it so well, you know, like Bruce Willis sells it. He delivers those lines so well. Uh, it's just, it's great, you know. Yeah, my favorite line of his is, "Come out to the coast, you have a few laughs, you have a few drinks, have a few laughs." You know, like just so, yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, you know. Listen, uh, essentially, I was here in Hollywood, <laughs> and Holly was saying, "Just come out to the coast, you know, we have some drinks, we have a few laughs," and he's like. Come out to the coast, have you drink, have you know, you know. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think that uh, th- this whole movie works because not only Bruce but uh, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, um, Al, I'm not, yeah, Al, big, big Al. Uh, wait, what? Carl on uh, his name was Al on here, but his name was Carl on uh, Family Family Matters, yeah. but. Uh, which the dude plays a cop well. What can I say? But um, yeah, I um, mean, wasn't that his like big break? Like um, he was just like, wasn't he like? Um, oh, I forget. It was on that move. It was on that uh, the the shows or the movies that made us right. Talking right. about how he was like he was basically like about to like call his mom for money, <laughs> like yeah. And then he finally got this, and that, and then that, and that started kicked off a bunch of cop roles and he was like i'm fine with that <laughs> i would be typecast you know yeah. um but yeah uh he uh in that movie uh uh the movie uh when he read for the part of um of that officer um mm-hmm. he actually read against wesley snipes uh um, oh, wow and and he won the role over wesley but i was wanting to go back to what you was talking about like uh you never seen a lot of comedian uh not not comedians but Action, action stars being comedic, and mm-hmm. that's where Bruce was. He was that new uh, prototype of a uh, of a action star that can be that that could be comedic. Whereas yeah. we had like Beverly Hills Cop that came out in '84 with uh, Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murphy, I never took him as an action star. I always yeah, took him yeah. as a comedian in an action movie. Whereas mm-hmm. with Bruce, I take him as an action star that is funny. Yeah. Like, and as a comedian, you can kind of talk about that a little bit more. So, um, well, I think it's like, um, I mean, I think I think it's it's hard to shake if you're a well-known comedian. It's hard to shake that image enough to be taken seriously as an action star. So, like, you know, like I I, I haven't watched Beverly Beverly Hills Cop in a long time, but like, uh, I'm sure like Eddie Murphy is good enough. He's a good enough actor that he could he can pull it off but like it's it's a tough thing to do uh, i think bruce willis had the advantage of not being known for comedy like you know i mean his character at moonlighting was I, if i remember correctly he was funny in that too he was sort of like a smart ass kind of character but like uh um but still like he wasn't like a com- he wasn't like you know mr comedy guy so i think he had a little bit of a I think that helped him be taken seriously as an action star first. And then him actually being funny was a nice bonus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think that uh, not only him, not only was like the script had a lot of comedy in it, uh, but there's this movie is a uh, who's who of eighties characters, <laughs> oh, not no. only characters, but character actors. That uh, that you like would know, like obviously we know um, uh, we know Paul Gleason as uh, his detective Dwayne Robinson in this movie. Paul Gleason, mm-hmm. we know him from uh, uh, Breakfast Club. He was the principal. Yeah. Uh, you know, mess with the bull, you get the horns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was so funny in it, and just like like the line where the where the FBI agents die. He says, "I guess we're gonna need some more FBI agents." It's just like it's so, it's so so cold to say, but it like it was. But he said it so straight. He's like, "I guess we're gonna need some more FBI guys." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was funny. Uh, then we're gonna talk about uh, you know, uh, 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 the Dickless Man. You know what I'm talking about? 
Uh, <laughs> he was in, he was in, uh, he was in uh, Ghostbusters. I'm referring to him as Dickless. Oh, oh, Pe um, Walter Peck. Uh, yeah, oh, that's that right. He's, he's the news guy in this. Yeah, the news guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I think his name is William Atherton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he was, yeah, he was in, uh, he was in police. Uh, he was in, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. This man has no dick. But, uh, right. Am I like I for some reason I want to I want to say that the the actor the German actor who played Vigo in Ghostbusters two was in yes. he's in this or yes. the second one this one no, he's okay in this. okay I thought so I thought so it's funny because uh -huh. I was watching this for the thousandth time like I said before and today was the first day I noticed I was like oh that's Vigo because I seen <laughs> yeah. I'm like that's Vigo. That's Vigo the Carpathian. He's right there, you know. And I was like, yeah. uh, I was amazed just to just to see that man again. It's just um, he was in this movie. Um, uh, another thing I want to talk about that was really funny that happens in this movie uh, is um, the news anchor guy. So there's a news anchor that gets like, all right. So uh, Thornburg yells at him for some reason and and says, "Don't cut for me." Da 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 da. He like gives him like. And then, like, they go live. He just, like, goes straight to, like, and now Channel 5 News, da-da-da-da-da. But yeah. then, like, later on, they had an expert, a terrorist, a hostage expert on, and the hostage is, like, we call it the uh, Helsinki uh, Syndrome. <laughs> and then, like, the dude was, like, uh, that's in Switzerland. Uh, no, no, he says, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's in Switzerland. And then he's, like, and then he's in no Finland, and he's, like, You know, just kinda, <laughs> he's waiting to hear. He's like, like, he's like he, waiting he, on air to like hear the right thing. Well, well he says uh, the guy says is uh, Helsinki because uh, the um, the expert was like Helsinki, uh, the Helsinki syndrome, and then like the news anchor is like, and that's Helsinki, uh, Sweetland, sweet. Uh, oh. and then and then like the expert is like, no, Finland, and then he's like, he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, but but he didn't just like have a look on his face like, oh, I was wrong. He had a, like a look on his face, like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go along with what you just said, and I don't want to yeah. be embarrassed on TV." It was just right. like a subtle, and that's—I don't know if it was the actor or it's the writing, but it was just a subtle little part that was just hilarious, and and I didn't even notice it. Just like, and that's how you can tell you have a good product with you mm -hmm. find like little details that just stand out to you like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm always pointing not to not to like. Um, not to bring it back to self-promoting, but like I'm always uh, pointing stuff out like that out on uh, bagged and board to the, to our cast because uh, I'm I, I totally mark out for that sort of thing where where I notice like a nuance to their yeah there you go I, I I notice like a nuance to their performance that I just love and you know whereas uh, when I see that kind of thing in a movie I can't really go to that actor and be like I love when you did this thing the way you did this thing in the movie. Uh, with bags and board, I can, uh, I can I can actually text or, or or hang out with the person and be like the way you deliver that line, and then you like looked like you know you had this expression on your face, like you like you uh, didn't know what to say, like it was just so great, you know. Like uh, I love details like that. Is my point, like nuances that actors will just sort of like put into their performance um, um, without you know prompting. You know, they'll just kind of like come up with it themselves. And that's what's that's what's brilliant about like things like it reminds me of uh one of my favorite movies uh, to back away from Die Hard for just a moment one of my favorite movies is Revenge of the Nerds and um, although it doesn't line up with Me Too today I will say that yeah <laughs> boy, boy does it boy does it ever <laughs> <laughs> but but in nineteen eighty something it was it was fun but anyway yeah um, but uh, there's a there's a scene in that movie where they um, where they are. Uh, you know, this is when they're doing the the triathlon type of the, the little Olympic thing they got, the Greek yeah. Olympic thing. All right, and they and they uh do a like a booger. Uh, he uh he's doing the hand thing, but uh, I think he digs in his nose first, and uh and then like he goes to do the he goes to do that the uh, you know the arm wrestle thing, and then like he just. 
he beats him because she's like, oh, what's on his hand? You know, yeah. so he get beat. But then when, he, but, and that was funny. But then when he runs back to the guys and hugs everybody, uh, 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 Carradine, Robert Carradine, I think, when he hugs him and puts his hand on him, <laughs> he does a little subtle thing where he looks at his hand like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's not, it's not probably in the script. It's just something that the actor does. But it's just so funny. Just like little things like that. Just like, yeah. you know. You know what's funny? I have a kind of a sort of funny story about uh, Revenge of the Nerds real quick. But um, I, I remember last time I watched that movie was when I was on a fishing trip with my with my dad and my brother. And we were in the cabin. It was like raining or something. And like there's, you know, it's a cabin. So there's not very many choices of stuff to watch. So Revenge of the Nerds happened to be coming on. And my dad was just lying on the couch, sort of like in between napping and watching the movie. And like he didn't want to watch Revenge of the Nerds. He, he 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 hates the movie. And so like me and my brother are just like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. We haven't watched it forever. And so we're sitting there watching the beginning of it. And that song, that song, that Revenge of the Nerds song is playing, like the Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> and, like, and like the whole time, my dad is just like, belly aching and complaining is like this is so stupid i hate the nerds <laughs> i hope the nerds die <laughs> and like every time and like my brother and i were just like looking at each, like across from each other in the room and we were laughing so hard we had tears in our eyes just because of how it's just one of those it's one of those things where you kind of had to be there i guess but like just the uh just the ambient noise of the nerds laughing with their nerd laugh, and then our dad, and then just how much hatred our dad was like permeating <laughs> at the movie, just made me and my brother die laughing at each other from across the room. <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's what's up, man. Um, and now this dog is barking. Uh, but anyway. I guess he like he hates nerds too. But, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, also, Die, uh, Die Hard has, um, you know, that one. It sounds racist. That one Asian actor. Yeah. The the only one in in Hollywood. You know what I mean. The one guy that uh, the one guy that is like usually a villain in mm-hmm. all in all action movies. He has yeah. the the big mustache and the and the little Baldwin mullet thing. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I believe he was also Genghis Khan and uh, I want to say he's Genghis Khan and uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. I I might that, if I saw him. Here I'll look. I'll look him up. That guy. Um, but yeah, he's in this movie. Uh, I didn't notice that. Uh, I didn't notice this, but uh. He has like a love for candy in this movie, and so uh, I never noticed this uh, until I watched it today. Yeah. But he uh, he just is always eating candy in this movie, and uh, <laughs> and also yeah. uh, Carl, the guy Carl uh, in this movie, uh, he was a uh, I didn't know that he was a ballerina. He was like a, a actual dancer, like a like a, a ballet dancer. The big dude. The tall, big dude. Oh, that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah. Where his brother, like, hey, uh, um, uh, what is his name? Freak John, John McClane kills his brother. And mm-hmm. uh, Hans, Hans reads the note. He says, ha, ha, ha. I don't know why Alan Reichman uh, read it that way, but yeah. he's like, uh, got one of yours. Ha, ha, ha. Something like that. Yeah. Um, he just uh that's another thing, just the way that people deliver their lines in this movie. Um mm-hmm. what did you say before? You Kaye, mother. <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right, I, all right. Real, real quick before we move on, I just want to ask you a question. Do you have Nickelodeon in your background? <laughs> I feel like it. No. So, <laughs> like a Nickelodeon situation right there. I, well, if I say something, slime will come down and slime yeah. me. So okay. I don't know, uh, no. Uh, but what it is is when we first moved in, um, I don't know. It was like I was like, my wife was like, "Hey, you should paint paint the wall orange," and then I paint this wall green, and we have an orange and a green thing. 
in the living room. I'm like, yeah, I guess it could work. It doesn't. So it looks like I have. <laughs> so it, it works. Like you have if, a, if, a green yeah. screen over here. <laughs> it works. It works if um, if you're hosting Double Dare in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works if this was uh, in the '90s and uh, and this is a uh, Nick and uh, uh, what's it? Nick and not Nick and Knight. What's the what are the Saturday dicks called? Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Nick. No, wait, uh, Snick. Snick, yeah, yeah. Oh man, are you afraid of dogs? I live, I live for Snick. Yeah, that was my stuff, but uh, yeah, but yeah, this uh, ultimately, this movie, and uh, that's what it's how I feel about it. I, I ultimately, I feel like this movie is just one of those movies that's timeless, um, and obviously, it's it's one of the better of the movies. It is the better movie. It's the best movie out of the series, obviously. The only one that will come close to it to me is Die Hard with the Vengeance. I don't yeah. really even count all the other ones. They could have just did Die Hard and Die mm-hmm. Hard with the Vengeance as a yeah. direct sequel, and it would have worked for me. Um, it would have worked for, worked for me, although I, I Die Hard with a Vengeance. Did you know that that wasn't supposed that that script wasn't supposed to be Die Hard? That they just took a random some sort of random action movie script and was like, let's make this die hard. <laughs> and they were like, well, I just, know that. yeah, yeah. It wasn't, that's why all the, all the riddles and all the other weird stuff that's in it, that doesn't really feel like die hard kind of things. Uh, that's why all that's in there. And then they just sort of like kind of wedged in that J- Jeremy Irons character is related to Hans Gruber, just sort of like wedged that in to sort of tie it together with die hard. Yeah. <laughs> all right well that makes uh, i didn't know that but it's still good i love that movie but yeah <laughs> it is and i love uh <laughs> he's like he's like hey man are you okay hey zeus he says why you keep calling me hey zeus that's what the kid called you back there hey zeus he said no my name is zeus not hey zeus he's saying like you know zeus is in like the god of thunder i'll stick a lightning bolt up here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. but, yeah but uh uh but Die Hard, Die Hard, and this this is some of the the movies that made us reference to that uh, Die Hard goes about creating that new genre of films mm-hmm. where they say this is Die Hard on a fill in the blank, Die Hard on a plane, Die Hard on yeah. a bus, which is what Speed was essentially supposed to be, Die Hard yeah. on the on the bus, uh, die, die Hard in the White House, Die Hard, this or that, you know, but mm-hmm. you know I think that. That's what it speaks credit to our volumes of this film and its lasting imp- like imprint. So yeah, I mean, Fifth Element was Die Hard in Space with literally John McClane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How did I end up in space this time? Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, like, he was the same character. <laughs> like really Dallas Corbin Dallas is exactly the same character as is uh, John McClane. I think Bruce at this point has played John McClane in more movies than just Die Hard. He just they're like, okay, how do he's like, how do you want me to play this character? And they're like, you know, if you could play like you're a New York City police officer or detective, and you just happen to be somewhere when something happens, and I don't know, you take down the bad guys and you're pretty funny about it, you just play it that way. That's all yeah. we want. Oh, oh, so it's John McClane. You want me to be John? No, we can't <laughs> tell you to be John McClane, but if you want to sprinkle a little McClane in there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But no, uh, Die Hard is uh, it is it was a good movie. Uh, little thing about it at the very end of the movie, I, I found this out. So, uh, whenever they whenever they dropped uh, Hans off the top of the Nakatomi Plaza, um, that was actually. Uh, he didn't know that uh, Alan didn't know that he was about to be dropped. Uh, yeah. He knew that he was going to be dropped at three, but uh, they said release him at one. <laughs> so they yeah. said one, and then like released him. So that look on his face is true fear. You yeah, know? yeah. But hey, I handed to him. He held his gun. He held onto the gun. He didn't drop the gun. Uh, yeah. The whole way. I would have dropped it. I was ah! <laughs> yeah. I was in Die Hard, and I thought about this watching this movie. If I was in Die Hard, Craig, there's mm-hmm. no way I would have lasted to throughout the whole movie. If I was in John McClane's shoes, or not no shoes in this case, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that I cut my foot on something, I tap out. I was like, I'm, I stomp my toe. I'm like, I'm out. Right. I would have been like, I would have been like, uh, with the people in the in the in the building, uh, one of the hostage uh, hostages or whatever. I would have been, or okay, if I was in John McClane's shoes and they didn't even know I was there, then I would just like chill and have a drink and be like, it's not my money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I ain't gonna go and try to kill. I ain't gonna try to go out there and catch bullets to save like some dude's money. He just like he just like open the door and look like and see it's, it's terrorists like. Eh. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. You know, barricade the door and like I'm just gonna chill on this desk with a with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> get get myself nice and drunk, and then if people ask why didn't I do anything, I'm like I was drunk. What did you want me to do? And then, <laughs> that'd be the perfect excuse. They're like, okay, that's fine. But uh, yeah. Uh, also, um, I want to mention this one guy, uh, Ellie, uh, Ellis. Ellis. Uh, Ellis is a. Um, so he's the guy that was like the yuppie uh, business guy, like uh, Johnny Baby. Come on, let's make a deal. You know the coach, the coach trying to steal, trying to steal McLean's wife, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He said, "Hey, you want to show the show him the watch?" Which hey, that's, yeah. a, that's a, uh, and they came back later. That's something, but yeah, uh, he's like, "Show her the watch." It's a Rolex, yeah. But um, he, I love the fact that he thought that he can go and win over, like, like. To essentially be the businessman, a salesman with Hans Gruber. <laughs> and uh and, and he's like, Yeah, I figure so this is what it is, guy. So you here, you here, you're trying to do your thing. I don't care if it's terrorist or whatever, you know, it's not my business, whatever, you know, it's whatever you want to do. And uh you got this one guy that's put the monkey wrench in your program, and you want him to be taken care of so that you can just come do what you gotta do, let us to go and go on with your life. I understand, I can help you. He says, Hans like Oh, you figured it all out by yourself, did you? <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like I love that he just condescendingly is like this idiot, you know. And they even bring the guy a coke to drink. He's just yeah. It, it really it's a good it was a good scene too because like if I remember correctly, spoilers like he gets killed, doesn't he? Yes. Like yeah, like they just shoot him at some point. But like, um, I think. It's great because it really you needed you need a scene like that to sort of show the difference between Hans Gruber and um, a yuppie sort of dude who thinks he's smart, you know, or or whatever. Because like Hans is Hans is like is such a charismatic and sophisticated character. It's almost kind of easy to you know almost you almost kind of it's easy to like him. You know what I mean? Like it's almost gonna be like I I actually kind of like him, and so like you need Negan to show, effect. huh? Like the Negan effect. Yeah, like the Negan effect. But so you have to have him kill, like you have to have him do something vicious to show that he's actually not as sophisticated as he presents himself to be. He's actually kind of a a, a you know a, a brute or you know a monster or whatever. Um, so you don't. It's it's like wrestling. You don't want to you don't want to like you want him to, you want to give him heel heat. You don't want him to have like face heat. And so when the actual baby face comes along to kill him, the audience gets mad. You know. <laughs> hey, that's that's re- that's a really good analogy. It's uh, it reminds me of uh, uh the uh, Macho Man and Jake Roberts uh, uh, feud, uh, that program where Jake when he was a heel in this time frame. You know, Jake was still lovable. We all like Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, it was Jake Roberts. He had to do something truly despicable to get people to really hate him. And yeah. what did he do? Have uh, Macho Man Randy Savage get bit by the snake, by yeah, Cobra, yeah. nonetheless. Um, yeah. And he smacks him. And, you know, you know, oh, man, I remember watching that like, oh, my gosh. It's just like, what in the world? This is real. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I, I remember hearing about yeah, that. I was like, it's a cobra. <laughs> I remember hearing about that in school. Like hearing it in school, people were like, "Oh, did you hear Macho Man got bit by a cobra?" <laughs> you know, like it was so funny, like hearing about wrestling stuff in school because they all took it so seriously. Hulk Hogan got his neck broken by the Undertaker. You know, like 
<laughs> All that stuff. You remember when you remember when uh Hogan was wrestling and, and Zeus shows up and Zeus snaps his neck and he just goes falling on the ground convulsing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wonder if he's gonna live. <laughs> Papa Shango gave Ultimate Warrior a curse. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, we're such. We was really truly marks back then. Like, oh, like, yeah. like I remember. I remember. I remember. I was in high school. I know this is not die hard, but I remember in being in high school, taking a tape, taking a tape episode of Raw. And I think it was Roddy Piper. I don't know what it was, but Roddy Piper was was feuding with Goldust, and uh, and some and there's like this is or maybe is is either Roddy and Goldust or Razor and Goldust, but it's mm -hmm. one of those. Two. But this is like the lead up to like say a pay per view, and uh, and I showed it. I don't know why the teacher let me show. This teacher liked me because he let mm -hmm. me show whatever I wanted in class. I was like, mm -hmm. hey man. Uh, Steph is doing work today because I guess he didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, instead of doing work today and learning science, will it be okay if I show this episode of Raw? <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and he was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, I, I had a teacher like that. My art, my art teacher in high school. He was a good teacher, but he also he trusted my taste and like he would let me bring in mystery science theater episodes or. Or movies like we watched the Fifth Element in school or in class while we were doing art and stuff like that. Full Back when it was new, when it was a new movie. <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh, I remember watching that episode, man, and uh, and uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. I remember watching the episode, and uh, like I think uh, Jake, uh, one of, one of the people hit Gold Dust, like hit hit you know Dusty Dustin Reynolds, uh, hit him. And it was a potato hit, you know, in wrestling. That's when yeah. you really throw a blow and make yeah. it look really good. But it's but it's still you're not trying to hurt the guy. But that happened. And I remember watching that thinking, uh, thinking, oh, and, and then and I showed this to the class. And I remember this one guy, I forget his name. He was like, wrestling's so fake. Oh, it's so fake. Look at that. It's so fake. I'm like, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I remember, I remember like going super saying it's real. You know? <laughs> it reminds me, your reaction reminds me of like, um, oh, this 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 reference will go over probably a lot of people's heads maybe, but like it reminds me of uh, Avery Brooks in 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 an episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. There is an episode where Cisco uh, kept having flashes that he was a uh, comic book writer in the 1940s and like he was trying as as that as a comic book writer in the 40s he was trying to get a comic book of deep space nine made but like the publisher wouldn't do it with a black captain like they kept saying like the captain can't be black you know uh and he was just like he couldn't understand why you know and uh and then finally, at the end of the episode, he has like this nervous breakdown. You should look it up on YouTube. He has it's a great performance by Avery Brooks, but he has like a nervous breakdown about how like because he he keeps he he ends up he's also having flashes of Deep Space Nine. That's where he's getting the ideas. He keeps having dreams that he's a commander on the space station, and so he has this flashback. He's like, "It's real! It's real to me!" <laughs> it's real. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I've always wanted to see Deep Space Nine. I haven't watched that, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, man, uh, is there anything else you want to say about uh, Die Hard before we uh, uh, put it to rest? Not put it. No, to rest. Uh, to rest. I, <laughs> uh, not really. No, I think we covered everything. I can't think of anything. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's for those that haven't seen it. Die Hard is an excellent film. Um, uh, and it's, I don't, I, it doesn't feel dated to me uh, because of the action and stuff. I think it was actually very revolutionary uh, for the action, even in its time. Like yeah. they used a lot of models, uh, uh, small models, to, like the Nakatomi Plaza uh, blowing up was a model. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but they actually had, there's a real it Nakatomi. still looks good. Yeah. And it's a, a real Nakatomi Plaza was uh, Fox, Fox, uh, Fox Plaza. It's in uh in California somewhere, 
I've been there. Uh, I've never been there. I would love to go there. I went there for a business meeting uh, when I was working at Cafe Press. We had to go there for a meeting, and I was like, this is Nakatomi Plaza. This <laughs> is where McLean jumped off the building. <laughs> it's weird that I'm not working at Cafe Press anymore. I wonder. <laughs> right. Right. They're like, they're like, okay, hey, Craig, do you mind going out and get us that coffee down there? I'll be right back. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. We love you. Listen, guys, we got to get rid of this guy. He's getting up too much over here. You know, he's coming back <laughs> doing McLean stuff. Just, Craig, put your shoes on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, he's got his shoes off. Yay, mother... No, don't... We're in a meeting. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Craig, come on, man. <laughs> we definitely can't take him by the Myers house. So... <laughs> he's just standing and looking at people. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we can't take this guy nowhere. But, but uh, no, um, that's pretty awesome. That's an awesome experience, man, to be able to actually go and see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to say I enjoyed the movie. Um, me and uh, me and Brandon typically give us our little marks for it. Uh, we give it between one to five markouts. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you mine. I give it a five markout out of five because I think that this is a classic uh, action film and um, and actually is the uh, it, it is the building block to other type of action films that kind of follow the same formula um, and. And it introduced us to another level of Bruce Willis that we yeah. have not uh, seen since. <laughs> yeah. But seen before or seen since? No. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, other than Fifth Element, as you mentioned. So uh, right. at the day, like, okay, I'm going to dial it back, guys. We're just going to dial it back. But your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to give it a one, and I'll tell you why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, uh, I'll give. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's five for sure. Uh, I think it's. It's still a solid movie by today's standards. Um, it. It really did. I mean, I mean, it does. I mean, the significance of Die Hard as a movie sometimes I think gets eclipsed by the people who uh, talk about it too much. I guess, or you know, the the people that are like, it's a Christmas movie. I guess those types of people or whatever. But like you know, those just even though those people, uh, I guess the fans of it um, uh, might mark out about about it too much, it's still a significantly good movie and a significant movie in the history of cinema. I mean, it kicked off three careers. I mean, like Bruce Willis was nothing before. I mean, basically was nothing. Before Die Hard, uh, Alan Rickman was a stage actor before Die Hard, um, and uh, friggin' um, and then you know uh, the uh, you know Carl Winslow, um, you know, it can always be Carl Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, to, to a somewhat lesser extent, nothing against him, but I mean, it did kick off his career for Family Matters and stuff. So, um, like, it, it it made a lot of, huh? I said before, Urkel killed it, of course. So yeah, yeah, it generated a lot of stars, and 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 it also set the new tone for what action movies would be from that day forward. Like, um, people take it for granted, I think nowadays, the idea of like a funny, um, kind of uh, everyday everyman action hero. But like, that was a new thing when this movie came out. This this movie more or less invented that. Um, and you know, that can't be understated, so absolutely. And uh, before we close, I do want to say, I uh, mentioned that uh, so with Al, every time I think of Alan Reichman, um, uh, Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, I, I keep wanting to say Reichman, but I know it's not. But yeah. every, every time I think of Alan, I immediately think of uh, one of my favorite movies he's in is uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, and, yeah, uh, and uh. And uh, he is, uh, <laughs> he was such a great actor, man. Uh, oh, not yeah. only in that, but also in uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was a great mm -hmm. voice-wise. Um, but in the, in that movie, just this little subtle thing, I love it. And I think about him. And when I think about him, I immediately think about this. And it would be wrong if I didn't mention it. The scene when he's at the, the convention. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
and the fans keep coming up saying, my grandfather, or, you know, da, da, da. you know, like he, and he's like next, you know, he signs it. But then like, and then like the next guy comes up, he starts to do that. But he has a little autograph, uh, like the picture in him. My grandma, and he just snatches it out of his hand. <laughs> it's yeah. the way he signs it. You can hear the, the frustration in the pen and in the, in the sharpie. He's like, next. I, I'm <laughs> gonna be honest. I that that what your that scene was in the trailer for a Galaxy Quest or the commercials or whatever, and that was part of what made me go see it in theaters. Was I thought it was so funny how he snatches that autograph that picture out of his hand, <laughs> and he's just cut this expression of so much annoyance and uh i mean that was that was a big part of what made me sort of think about like oh this movie actually might be funny you know like (laughs) like it looks it looks like it could have been stupid but like yeah i i think galaxy quest while more people like it now than that you know I, i still feel like it it's still underrated a bit like i feel like people don't um and when they trash Tim Allen, and I and I don't like Tim Allen, I think he's a garbage person. But like, like when they when people trash Tim Allen, maybe as an actor, I I always go, hey, Galaxy, he was great in Galaxy Quest. Like he put he put in a hell of a performance in that in that movie. Um, Absolutely, that, that scene when he apologizes for for lying to uh, what, what's his face, the alien, and mm-hmm. like and and the alien is heartbroken. Oh, he's good. He's actually really like he's you could he's so you know, there's so much pain in his voice. And he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn, Tim, where did this come from? It makes me want to go and watch Guard- uh, Galaxy Quest for real. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like so many people in there. Tony Shalhoub is excellent. Um, uh-huh. uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, he's he's good in that movie. Um, just uh, uh, mit, uh, uh, I forget his name, Mitchell. Something. He's now in the wheelchair. That's what yeah. my first thought. Is the guy's in the wheelchair now? But he played yeah. the, the 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 dude. But anyway, so good. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, yeah. But they all, they all get a chance to shine too. Yeah, like, and the guy. We need your help. <laughs> yeah, uh, Veronica uh, Mars's dad. Veronica Mars's dad. It's funny yeah. because yeah, when I see him, I immediately think now Veronica Mars's dad. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I look at that, I'm like, hey, that's Veronica Mars' dad. But, um, yeah, it's such a great movie. Uh, everybody was so good in it. And, um, oh, man, it's just – but Alan, man, uh, he just really was my favorite – one of my favorite people in that movie. He was one of my favorite actors, and I hate that, that we lost him. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I thank him for leaving by, behind a body of work that started with Die Hard yeah. that we can enjoy. So Yeah, he gave uh... – I think every project he was ever in, I feel like he gave it a lot of legitimacy, uh, and he gave it a lot of uh, like he gave the characters he played a lot of enough depth to be like likable, even when they were despicable. Like Snape could have been such a generic, like mean teacher character, but it was only because Alan Rickman was just such a good actor that he was able to make him sympathetic as the movies as those. Harry Potter movies go on and his character has his arc. Like I think Rickman, he's such a good actor that by the, when you watch all those movies and you know, Snape's arc and, and all of the stuff that, you know, that, that happened to Snape before the events of the movie, you can go back and watch those movies again and sort of like see it in his performance. You know, you can sort of see his hatred of Harry Potter's dad when he looks at him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like and and his jealousy of of not of not being with of not you know because he was in love with Harry Potter's mom you know so you can almost sort of see all of that in his eyes whenever he looks at Harry you know vicariously hating Harry he's vicariously hating the father through Harry exactly so, uh, uh, also I love him in uh like like he legitimizes stuff like dogma uh, oh yeah yeah like like you know. Yes, sure. It has uh, had uh, had Matt, De- you know, it had Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck in it, but they were just fresh off of Goodwill Hunting, not really big at that point, not really as huge. But uh, you know, Alan in this film, I ain't even gonna consider Chris Rock; he was in it too and stuff. But mm-hmm. Alan, he just 
he is just so good. Just just the way he delivers dialogue, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent. Yeah. But, yep. All right. Well, that it concludes the end of this podcast. Next week, uh, Craig made a pick. And Craig, what are we watching? We are going to watch a a new beloved classic. <laughs> it is called <laughs> The Fanatic. <laughs> it, it stars is. it stars John Travolta as a uh I I've been saying he's mentally handicapped but I maybe he's more of on, like an autistic character uh so he plays an autistic man who is obsessed with an actor played by Devin Sawa and his obsession leads him to do like increasingly uh disturbing and dangerous things and the movie is directed by Fred Durst. It's written and directed by Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame. It's so right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's oh my god. And like it's it is. I'm still. I saw it. I watched it for the first time maybe a week ago, and I'm still sort of unpacking what I watched. Like it's such a bizarre, poorly conceived movie, and it'll be a lot of fun to talk about. I can't wait to watch it. A movie that has my dude from Idle Hands, Devin Sawa, mm-hmm. uh, also from uh, Final Destination fame, directed by Fred Durst, who uh, did it all for the Nookie, and starring the guy who was, by by all intents and purposes, um, one of my favorite characters in uh, Pulp Fiction. Obviously, I, I, I like I like old John. I don't like John Travolta as much as Brandon loves John Travolta, but I like him. Uh, but I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, but, yeah. This is one right. of those movies that we would have watched back in our bad movie night days and yeah. had a ball watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This would. I can't wait. Well, uh, on behalf of uh, Craig Williams, uh, Aaron Whitlow, we will be with you next week to review the fanatic. I cannot wait, wait to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm going to probably be texting uh, you during it and being like, Please oh, do. my God. all right well thank you all for listening and watching and uh mark out with us next week